0: This is MAKO President Jerry Walker, and you're listening to the Conduit Street Podcast, the official podcast of the Maryland Association of Counties. Hello and welcome to the Conduit Street Podcast. Kevin Canale here, the policy associate here at MACO, joined as always by my co-host, MACO's executive director, Michael Sanderson. Hey, Kevin. This week on the podcast, we will discuss the tragic passing of Senator Wayne Norman, passed away last weekend. We'll also get into the state fiscal plan. It's coming together. We have some good news on a few of our initiatives in, uh, in regard to that state fiscal plan. We also will talk about small cell wireless. We have an update there as well. We'll get into an interesting uh, topic, the state song. You'll see what we mean a little later in the podcast. Then we'll talk about bond bill Saturday and MAKO's process ahead. Our legislative committee has wrapped up, but plenty to do in the weeks ahead. So, Michael, let's start. Uh, Unfortunately, Senator Wayne Norman passed away last weekend. Uh, great senator. He always was willing to hear Mako out. Um, you've been around sure. town a lot longer than me. I'm sure you <laughs> knew him better than I did. Um, any thoughts on on Senator Norman that you want to share?
1: Well, just I mean, there was a really genuine outpouring of of sadness. And this was a sudden thing, and. It- you know, took everybody by surprise, but, but very quickly, you know, there, there's, there's things at his seat on the floor of the Senate and a a lot of people, not, not just, you know, the, the district next, next door or the people from his County, but people from across the Senate, he was, he spent time in the house of delegates too, and has made a lot of friends in town. So, uh, you know, today we're, we're recording on, on Friday and, you know, today was, 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 was the day for, for ceremonies back home. But they took busloads of people up from Annapolis. They they rearranged the whole schedule today because right. he had a lot of friends who wanted to pay respects and and sort of tip the cap. I I would just say you know, for those of us who do this sort of thing for a living, or the people who are in the seats as as public servants. You have to be able to be personable, even when you disagree with people, and you're going you're going to right. So right. I mean we we you know, we've had we've had plenty of times when we we agreed with a senator and he was helpful to local governments, and there were there were plenty of times when he would disagree. But you have to walk away from a disagreement. You can you know what the, the old saying is you know disagree without being disagreeable. Right. Um, he, he totally understood that, yeah. and, and ten minutes ten minutes after. You know, the the amendment comes out and he casts the vote that we don't like. Ten minutes later, we're talking about the next thing. And the- yeah,
0: you, you see him in the halls, you know, greeting people <laughs> with the old, hey, buddy. And that was, I think, his trademark. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, you heard Democrats, Republicans. It it wasn't just a a partisan uh, issue here. This was he was he would be missed by everyone in the House of Delegates and the Senate. Um, And like you said, it's just a a widespread Mm -hmm. uh, support and outpouring of grief uh, in the House of Delegates and the Senate. So we'll certainly miss Senator Norman around town. Um, But, you know, business must go on in Annapolis. So speaking of business going on in Annapolis, the state fiscal plan is beginning to come together. Uh, The Senate has made some recommendations. We have some good news on SDAT and local health departments, SDAT, of course, being the state departments of assessments and taxation. There was a recommendation in the proposed budget to shift 90% of costs onto local governments. Right now, we cover 50% of the costs. But Michael, uh, good news on the Senate side, they, they seem to want to reject that proposal.
1: Right. I, mean, I think things fell together pretty well on this. Um, I mean, we had, we were lucky to have, I think, a strong policy argument why this wasn't a good idea. And, I mean, you know, counties, are we're, we're duty bound to sort of defend our bottom line, our budget resources and so forth. So so, you know, if if the if the governor or legislators propose something that's going to cost county governments a lot, or it's going to you know wither our revenue sources that we're using for education or public safety, we show up on that stuff. On this one. There was a sort of a policy reason you don 't want to go here we we 've talked about it on the right. podcast before, but this this you know the fox garden the hen house if you if you move in the direction of saying it's the it 's the local governments who have the most at stake in what the assessments look like, if they 're the ones running it and calling the shots and buying the technology, et cetera et cetera um you, you end up sort of undermining something that Maryland gets right. We separate that out it 's a state function it 's state managed. Uh, so anyway, it was it was good to see the, the professional staff to the legislature agree with us and say this was a bad policy thing to do. They said you shouldn't make this cut if you don't have to, and they worked out the budget without doing it.
0: Yeah, it would have been about a $20 million hit <clears throat> on to the counties. And also uh, the BRFA, the, the uh, Budget Reconciliation Financing Act, proposed level funding, the core public health funding to local health departments. However, the committee also voted to, quote, unquote, leave the door open on increasing this funding and that would be according to the inflation-based formula which provide about $900,000 in additional funding to our local health departments. Right.
1: And this isn't a it's not a budget buster. This isn't going to make or break our ability to provide core, you know, the 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 most fundamental public health services, but this is this is an area where if the state contribution doesn't keep up, then the health departments have to come to county governments and say You know, they they flat funded us, but we actually have to pay employees more and the cost of Buying the immunization shots and our medical equipment and stuff has gone up, so we need you know we need a bump from the county. And then it pits public health against the other you know priorities in county budgets. So anyway, it's a million dollar item. This wasn't the biggest thing in the world, but I think it's a it's a good gesture for for the state leaders to say this year we'll make that commitment. We'll live up to it.
0: I think that's a great term. It's a it's a good gesture from the state. So the the Senate Budget and Taxation, Health and Human. Ser- Human Services subcommittee voted these actions this week. Uh, Full committee approved them two days later. So uh, that was March 6th when the subcommittee voted and March 8th when they approved. And then the House will take action on these items uh, next week. And then final determinations will be made by a conference committee, which will be appointed by both chambers. So we'll see the Senate stuff on the floor next week. And then the House will start to get their get their actions together, and then the following week the House should be on the floor as well yeah right?
1: this, this is the, this is the the annual process with the budget. actually, the House and Senate sort of take turns mm-hmm. and in a, in an even numbered year it's the Senate who goes first so this this week we're just putting in, in, in the books now it was the week for the Senate to take all their budget actions. they've gotten everything together now the House will start doing basically the same thing next week right.
0: So we so the house will act next week. The Senate, uh, they did all their heavy lifting this week. They'll they'll have everything uh, finished up next week, and then the house will start the process, and then right. they'll appoint a conference committee to work out any differences that they may have.
1: Yeah, and it's it, it's it's an interesting dynamic because in the week ahead, you'll have simultaneously the full Senate has their consideration of the budget, and that's that's usually a couple days of you know pretty extended conversation about lots of amendments and so forth. I mean, the budget bill is 100 plus pages long, right. but there's narrative and there's, you know, changes here and there and so forth. So you have to go piece by piece through this bill. It takes hours to do. There will probably be two dozen amendments minimum offered as, you know, discussions about one item or another. Right. So you have to go through all this stuff on the floor of the full Senate. It's not just the committee who makes the decision, but the, the full Senate has to sign up, sign off on this stuff. But that's basically happening at the same time that the house in their subcommittee, full committee floor, they're just getting started. So... The, the Senate now has a mature plan that they're finishing off, and this is on Tuesday and Wednesday of the week ahead. Mm-hmm. The, the, the House will just start launching into their decisions and finding places where they disagree with what's getting nailed down in the Senate.
0: Right. So they'll certainly be paying attention to what's happening on the floor of the Senate right. while they are starting to make their recommendations. So it is an interesting dynamic. Um, yeah. So keep an eye on that in the week ahead. We'll certainly keep you updated. Also, big news with highway user revenues, uh, House Bill 807. This is a bill that, through an agreement with both the House, the Senate, and MAKO, MML, Uh, this bill was amended to provide five years of enhanced funding for local roads and bridges, that bill has passed the full House of Delegates on a unanimous vote. That's great. So um, this, would, this would mean that through fiscal year 2020 through fiscal year 2024, uh, the bill would increase the county share of highway user revenues from 1.5 to 3.2 percent additional funding also supporting baltimore city and municipal governments michael we talked about this last week we've been talking about highway user revenues for a long time this is a big deal this came together uh very quickly mm-hmm. just shows you how th- how quickly things can change in annapolis but um it turns out mako is going to get about double uh what we have been getting and we know that that funding's locked in for five years at least
1: right so that's i mean that's it's it's good from the perspective of local financial officers who are trying to figure out what your plan looks like. And, you're trying to figure out how many road miles can you upgrade and resurface and things like that. That's, you know, one of the things you're trying to take care of. It's your inventory responsibilities at the local level. So having multi-year stability and to be honest, at a level higher than it has been for years. Yep. Great. That's good. Yes. Um, but the multi-year stability is a, is a big deal here. We, I mean, we, I think, I think county governments would have been happy to just find the money doubled for a year and we have to fight for it. Right. But the legislature, Saw the need to try and settle this this debate down some, and I mean this isn't full funding, but it's a big notch higher than where we have been, and we got to be appreciative for that.
0: Absolutely, and and I think uh, you know this has been a Mako initiative for many many years. Um, I think that, as you said, the legislature felt this they needed to do something here. So right. um, there we had our folks out in full force in both the House and the <laughs> Senate. Uh, the Senate Budget and Taxation Committee during the cross-file bill. Um, they made prominent note of the House action to advance the multi-year funding bill. And yeah. All of our county folks were in the room and expressed widespread support right. for, the, for the measure.
1: So that was good. I mean, it was the right thing to do. Um, it was actually, it was a little strange because the, the bill being heard was a municipal only bill. Remember, we've talked about there being seven, eight, nine different bills, right. you know, different bills talking about local road funding. The, the bill that the House actually chose as the vehicle for this whole thing started out as a municipal only bill mm-hmm. and make as an organization, didn't take a position. We're not. We're not going to oppose that. Right. But there wasn't any money in it for county governments, so it wasn't our bill. We support basically everything else. Um, once that became the vehicle, mm-hmm. we figure, okay, you go to the Senate and you say now you have a cross file of a bill that's become the big show. So we're in. You know, amend this bill to look like that, or just pass that. We'll take it. We're you know, we we, we appreciate we appreciate the gesture. The thing that's that's funny about this mentioning all these different bills and and us being involved for so long is there's like in show business there's the story of the overnight success yes <clears throat> and someone comes out of nowhere and has some hit song or a you know a big movie or something like that and We're all, we all think it's a wonderful story that suddenly lightning strikes and this person is a big star. And usually there's this long story where the person was working forever and, you know, singing songs in the backs of bars on Tuesday nights, you know, for years and years. And then suddenly she hits it big. She has the one big hit and suddenly is on, you know, on TV and videos and all this kind of stuff. And where did she come from? It's an overnight success story. This, this bill came together. Like a bolt of lightning, but it was not out of nowhere. This, no. <laughs> I mean the the ground the ground was laid by Bill after Bill after Bill year from, after year. Yeah, for for you know, for the for years there have been different ideas and different proposals and different you know number of years of phasing or how many dollars do we get to? So, I mean, we have a long list of people to thank for getting this done.
0: We do, and on Twitter and Facebook and social media. Um, it was just blowing up. I mean, all these different legislators reaching out to MAKO and MML offering congratulations, MAKO and MML reaching out back yeah. and saying thank you for all the years of hard work. And uh, it really does feel great to get this done. And I know that the legislators who have been pushing for this year after year after year um, really feel like they, they have a victory here. And they were happy to express to us that, you know, they finally got it done.
1: Right. And I mean, you got you've got people who are great Mako friends, you know, a couple of you know, former county commissioners, Wendell Beitzel mm-hmm. and and uh, Jeff Grice, they're they're on the appropriations committee, and a bill like this a few years ago would have gone to the appropriations committee, but the House from time to time changes subject areas. So they're doing budget stuff, they're committed to this. It's sometimes it's been in the Burfa bill, that sort of thing. Um, you know, they've been putting in a ton of effort on this issue and and knocking on doors and, and talking to everybody about it, and then the bill pops out of the environment and transportation committee down the hall. Right. Um, but I mean these two are you know no pride of authorship, you know don't care what the sponsor line looks like, let's just deliver. Let's get and it done. It's 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 just it's, it's 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 great. It's really it's really rewarding to get something done on an issue that's meant so much for so long. It
0: certainly is. So we'll go ahead and stop there for now. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll give you an update on small cell wireless. This has been a big issue that we've talked about on the podcast before. We'll talk about the state song We'll talk about Bond Bill Saturday and our process ahead. All that and more after the break. back to the Conduit Street Podcast. Kevin Canali here with Michael Sanderson. Michael, let's get into small cell wireless. Um, this is something that we've talked about here before. Um, and I'll let you go ahead and give, give me the pitch right. if you're AT&T, who, by the way, has been sending out... Uh, letters to their customers. And maybe you got something in your bill that's pushing for this small cell uh, development in Maryland. And and give me the industry push. And then we can kind of talk through exactly what that really means for local government.
1: Well, I I think it's It's pretty compelling. Um, You got a a bunch of companies who who provide services, mostly wireless companies. So so you have a you have a cell phone and you're with a carrier. And as we know, we shop around for who has the best coverage, who has the most bars, where I live or where I work, that sort of thing. But everybody's interested in how good is my signal? Do I get drop calls, all that sort of stuff? And how fast is, is the connection, that sort of thing? So, okay, there's a there's big demand for that sort of stuff. The, the telecom companies and the wireless companies are basically saying, The next wave is coming. The fifth generation 5G service is going to be the next big thing. It's going to be much faster and it's going to be great. You're going to have a lot better service. And one of the ways we provide that is we're going to get increasingly out of the business of having these big, tall, sometimes ugly cell towers that are up and down the highways and around town. And they're designed to serve, you know, a mile or two service area. Um, that's going to be less of the backbone and more we're going to start building smaller scales. So we'll build a smaller facility on a building or on a light post or on a power line and try and have serve just the size of a football field or something like that.
0: Right. So and I I, I do want to point out that small cells does not necessarily mean small facility. It means the the service area that that, that it's servicing because – uh, we'll get into in a moment, I think, uh, exactly what this can entail. But, yeah, so the small cells, um, they will serve a smaller area, and the idea is they're going to boost network coverage in areas that, that have a lot of devices trying to connect to the Internet and make right. calls. So so that the pitch is, I guess, that... We're going to make it better. We're going to get you 5G. Um, your speed's going to be better. You're going to be able to connect all these devices and send pictures. Right. And you're going to have just the best service.
1: And, and who doesn't want that, right? Everybody I mean, wants. I mean, that. and and we like want that. Like, I, like we we want it as consumers sure. and for our economy. We want businesses to locate here, and we want tech inclined companies to say, "Yeah, this is a place to be." So so the telecom industry has a very attractive pitch. We want to invest big. We want to come to Maryland to do it. So pass some legislation to make this as easy and trouble-free and cheap as possible for us to put up all this stuff. Because the hidden piece of this is once you stop getting out of big towers
0: and you go to small cells, you need a lot of them, lots of them, every 100 feet, right? Right. right. And this is something that's going on across the country. This is not just in Maryland. But Maryland, we are the latest now um, to be dealing with this issue. And I think I think you made a great point there. Just stop with that (laughs) argument that it's going to be great. Everything's going to be awesome. You're going to have the best coverage. Don't necessarily read the bill. (laughs) Just just there is a bill. Just pass the bill and then you're going to everything's going to be great. Well, yeah. And
1: and in the most effective lobbying on this issue so far is 5G is great. You want it.
0: Right. Stop. That's it. Full stop. That's it. Full stop. (laughs) Right. And so and so first of all, 5G is not yet available. That's important to know. But it is coming. We hear it down the line. Um, and, and again, the argument is we need to prepare for it so that you can have the best technology available. The other argument, I think, is interesting is, you know, these telecom companies are saying, look, there's a limited amount of money. And we're going to go to the states that make it as easy as possible for us to just jump in and do whatever we want. So if you all don't want to do it, we'll go to West Virginia or we'll go to Tennessee. Mm-hmm. We'll go to another state that's right. going to make it easy on us just to, to do what we want. And, uh, and and we don't want anybody getting in our way.
1: So, I mean, so that you know, that makes this sound like a cold-hearted, you know, a cold-hearted move. but. Okay, so let's you know let's let's think about this from our perspective Mm -hmm. now. I mean, as as local governments, we're sort of the conduit for community input on this sort of thing. And a, a big part of what the legislation is about. Now, I mean, this conversation about five G and high-speed wireless and so forth is really great. It's all good, but almost none of that is really in the bill. And when you're a senator or a delegate, you don't have the luxury of just passing a neat idea. Right. You have to ha- you have to pass a bill. Right. And and the legislation speaks to the permitting and approval process and the fees and. Things like rights of way access—it's getting you know increasingly tedious and boring stuff. But as a practical matter, okay, I'm sold. Okay, I, I want to have this small cell stuff coming down where my office is and where my home is. I want to have really fast wireless connection. That sounds great and then if step two is now we're going to put like a 50 foot pole in front of your house and it's going to have like a mini
0: fridge on top of it. I think a, 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 a regular <laughs> size fridge would be more appropriate for yeah. this conversation.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, okay, but wait, hold on. Don't I get to say something about that? I mean, mm. I mean, a lot of people would say, wait, I, I live in a neighborhood where we went out of our way to put all the facilities underground. Like right? we made a big investment to do that. It's so, a lot of money. Yeah. So all the, all the, you know, all the wire lines and the cable and all this kind of you know the, the fiber optic cable and all this kind of stuff is underground so we have a, a a neighborhood that that looks a certain way and feels a certain way i'm not sure i want this this
0: big tall humming tower sitting outside in front of my house and the first person you're going to go talk to is probably <clears throat> your locally elected officials who are going to say well right. you know you, we we all think this 5G stuff is great but there was a bill that You know, that came in and it it took away our local zoning authority. And that's exactly what is on the table here when we're talking about small cells. And, you know, I I don't want to I don't want to speak badly about the industry. We're not trying to do that at all. But speaking about the bill, that's what's in the bill, right? This is essentially saying we want to put this stuff where we want to put it. Uh, we don't want to deal with the local zoning. We need to make this uniform, and so this is what we're going to do. And yeah. take it or leave it.
1: And 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 so you know, I think I think you you start the conversation exactly right. Like, where do you go? I'm a citizen. I'm not sure this is where I like. I, I'm not sure I like the way this is coming together. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I want it on that building or in my front yard or, or that sort of thing okay where do you go and the answer today is you go to local government right. because this is this is a zoning issue by and large And this is about, I mean, zoning is a process of making neighborhoods look and feel the way we want them to. And by we, this isn't like the government officials imposing their will. This is supposed to be
0: citizen input. Absolutely. It's a collaborative effort between the citizens and the locally elected officials who they go to and they have that back and forth.
1: Right. So, I mean, I think I think on issues like this. You know, we're going to have to say there's got to be a balance, right? There's got to be a way to 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 have Maryland be a green light state. We want it. We're ready to do it. Uh, the local governments are ready to, uh, you know, to live with a the process. The, I mean, the the federal government and the FCC already have a big hand in this. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not like this is the Wild West. Right. So so they already say, you know, there's keep keep things moving, keep the permits flowing. You can't just say no. You can't just shut all this stuff down. I don't know that anybody would want to do that, Mm -hmm. but that's already off the table. Right. So so what we're kind of negotiating over is are you cleared for takeoff or did we shut down the entire rest of the airport just for you?
0: Exactly. And I think like you mentioned, which is a great point, we all want to do this, but I think we want to do it the right way. We want there to be a happy medium here. And I think you, we can certainly achieve that. But it's going to take some time. And the way that the current bill that's on the table is drafted, I, I just think it, it, there are too many issues here for local governments. we have a responsibility to protect the, the health of our citizens, to let the citizens have input on zoning matters. And this would essentially just gut that. So I do think there's a way to do this. I think we want to mm-hmm. do this. We yeah. want the best technology available. But we got
1: we to gotta get to a medium. So we, we had a healthy conversation at the MAKO Legislative Committee meeting earlier this week. Um, you know, Chairman Mac Middleton, he's the chair of the Senate Finance Committee. Mm-hmm. Um, it's his name on top of this bill. He's introduced a bill. Uh, and I think he would say, you know, it's, it's at the behest of the industry groups. They've made the case that this is a promising opportunity. So he, he put in the bill. And I, I think it was really good for him to be in a room eye to eye with elected officials. I mean, this, this is a former county commission president. Right. This is, it, it, you know, he he knows where the Mako office is. Right. He used to be here in yes. these meetings.
0: right? He, so, he came, he ran yeah. <laughs> over here after they got off the floor in the rain. Right. To be here. This is a guy who's yeah. very friendly to Mako, who understands local government yeah. issues. And, you know, again, I think he put the bill in because at the behest of the industry, because he wanted to get this conversation going. And he knows that this is an important issue. So. Yeah, it was great for him to be here.
1: So, so he looks he looks his you know his, his county government counterparts in the eye and says, "We need to talk this stuff through. This is important for it's important for 5G and this kind of infrastructure to happen in Maryland. So, why don't we figure out the way to make that happen so you all get what you need and you get the local input that you want?" Right. So that's that's him talking our language, mm-hmm. and I think it was helpful for our elected officials who are part of you know, in the MAKO decision-making process, and they've heard our concerns about this bill could be really intrusive, mm-hmm. um, for him to come in as a sponsor and say, no, I'm not trying to just, you know, pave over local governments, uh, but we got to find a way to, to make Maryland an attractive place for this kind of investment, this kind of service, and do it respecting, you know, the local input and the character of neighborhoods. So, I mean, that's, okay, I mean, there's a reason why he's got a reputation in town as being the guy who can bring together tough deals. He's
0: the fixer. Yep. <clears throat> so I think Senator Middleton has asked us to continue our conversations with the industry, which we have been doing. Um, there is a bill hearing coming up in a few weeks uh, on this issue. Uh, as, as we mentioned, we're going to continue our conversations. We're going to talk to all the stakeholders and express our concerns, see if we can't work something out. But this is the kind of issue that um, states have been dealing with across the country. We've heard from our counterparts Uh, about their experiences here and Michael I think you know we need to we need to stay really invested here you know MML our our counterparts at the Municipal League have been very invested this and well there are a lot of moving parts there are a lot of players in this and um, two weeks from now around them we're going to have a hearing and we'll see where we are when we get to that point but I think as long as everybody keeps talking there's a way to figure this out and, and make it work for everyone.
1: All right, And Senator Middleton is no dummy. Mm-hmm. He puts in this bill knowing the local governments aren't going to like it he schedules it deliberately for hearing that's all the way at the back end of the time that they're hearing bills. We've been talking about crossover in mm-hmm. the whole process. This bill's being heard on March 20th. That is a signal. Be talking. You know, the, the hearing's not the start of the conversation. The hearing is sort of a check-in on how things are going.
0: Exactly. So that's, exactly.
1: that's. I mean, that, we get that message. The industry gets that message. Um, this is, this is going to be a moving target.
0: Yeah, so uh, keep plugged in. Uh, always reach out to Mako if you have any questions. We will certainly keep you updated, but you will hear more about small cells. So get used to that term if you don't know it already. (laughs) Let's talk about a tradition in Annapolis, bond bill Saturday. Although this year, I think we could call it bond bill Saturday plus Monday, because this year they're going to do uh, bond bills on Saturday and on Monday. So Michael, um, tomorrow, (laughs) the town will be uh, just bursting with uh, lots of folks running around uh, who are asking for money to do all sorts of different projects around the state. So, we have a bunch of nonprofits and people who want to install roofs on their local <laughs> YMCA or whatever they're doing. But this is a process where they come to Annapolis and they ask the General Assembly to fund their projects.
1: Right. So this is a, a time-honored process. It's part of the state's capital budget procedure. And you know, capital budget is sort of a separate – we set aside this sort of thing. The operating bu- budget is spending money to make the government run. Mm-hmm. The capital budget is we float bonds. We use the bond proceeds to build buildings and to do improvements and so forth. And historically, in most years, there's a little money set aside for things that are not exactly State buildings, and we're going to do things at the University of Maryland, um, you know, campuses. Mm-hmm. We're going to do things. We're going to, you know, occasionally build a local jail or do something at a community college. We're going to build a bunch of public schools. All that's part of the capital budget, and then you have a relatively small component of it all, which is for. Other projects that are out and about that the state can make an investment in to help out worthy charities and organizations and you know the kind of things that you're mentioning and benefit the community. Yeah. yeah. So so this is a time honored process. You're a state senator. You're a delegate. You put in a bill. Um, if you're the kind of person who's been leafing through bills all over the course of the session, you see all these bills. They say creation of a state debt, and then it's a description of the some project that sort of thing. These are bond bills, mm-hmm. and I I've lost count. I mean, it's got to be at least three hundred bond at, bills at and you know, three four hundred bills. Um, so the way we do it, I mean, this is how we've always done it here yeah. in Maryland. Is we line them up. We have these really quick hearings, and they knock them down. But it's a it's an all day event on a Saturday in March, and you go through this stuff, and it's it's tough. I it's mean, if tedious and yeah, long, but, yeah. but 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 it's also if you're a if you're a presenter, if you're if you're here for the for the duck decoy museum, you know, <laughs> down outside of Salisbury, and and you need you know you need funding for this one thing. Yeah, you know, they, they tell you you got you got five. Minutes. Well, we got three people to speak. You, you got, got five, five minutes. minutes. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> yeah, we don't they don't have the luxury of, you know, you know, this is kind of interesting. Let's chat about it a while. It's going to be show up, make your case. And what you're hoping for is not actually that that individual bill is going to pass, but that your project gets onto a list gets folded into the overall overall capital budget. Um, the legislature has the ability to add to the capital budget unlike the operating budget. So that's that's what you're hoping for. That's the home run is, is to get
0: into the big project. So yeah, a lot of those requests. So it's going to be tomorrow, Saturday, and then go into Monday as well. Long days <laughs> for legislators, but it's an important and time-honored tradition here in Maryland. Let's get into a really interesting topic, Michael, the state song in Maryland.
1: Another tradition.
0: Another tradition. (laughs) This is not necessarily a Mako issue. We (laughs) do not have a position on the state song. This is uh, Senate Bill 790, though. Um, This is a bill to repeal the state song. Um, This is a very interesting issue because the bill got out of committee – uh, out of IHI, and it's heading to the floor. And I know people listening are probably saying, what are these guys talking about? They've lost it. They've been reading too many bills or whatever is going on. But but we think it's really interesting because of of the the nature of this argument and the debate, it's politically charged on both sides. So when this bill goes to the floor, uh, we could see a pretty interesting debate. And and you've been yeah, around. You've seen yeah. these before. I- this looks like a really easy issue. Of course it's going to pass. But there, are, it's a heated debate on both sides.
1: Well, I mean, some these these uh, sort of commemorative bills. I mean, we've seen these over the years. We we decided that the calico cat is the Maryland state cat, and we have proposals about what's what's what should be the state sport or the state activity or the state beverage State mineral. Yeah, you know, we got. I mean, so, so that, that, that's fine. And mm-hmm. states do these things, and sometimes you know you you want these things to be the sort of thing you, you teach the kids in in fourth grade social studies and that sort of thing. Oh, That's fine. So the state song uh is, I mean I mean a lot of us uh, I I I think I'm probably guilty I hear the state song at the pregnancy. Yeah, and then once a year. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but, Maryland, my Maryland right, yeah, the right. state song. So you Euro say stand year. up and that sort of thing. As it turns out, and like we'll we'll leave this as an exercise for the listeners. Um, if you do a little research into the Maryland State song, funny thing is there's some content in the lyrics of our mm-hmm. state song that you might be surprised is there. Mm-hmm. And you might be surprised that there's some elements of the state song that sort of suggest that back in the days of the civil war the north had it all wrong the south had it all right and maybe there's tyranny and other people who should be uh, overthrown and and the like Mm. um so okay you know some of these things just sort of sit on the shelves and it's buried in the second and third verse and so forth so maybe it's not that big of a deal um you know this is this is this is the nature of a legislative process is, you know, look at this sort of thing. The reason we're mentioning it is the bill. Um, there were multiple different ideas about what to do here. Let's, let's say that, that there might be some agreement that it's time to look at and perhaps change the state song. Right. Well, how do you go about doing that? Do you do it right away? Do you just, you know, just off with its head or do you make a change or do you appoint a group? And there's a lot of different approaches to this sort of thing. And tempers can flare over this kind of
0: thing. Yeah, I mean, so this the State Song was written by James Ryder Randall in 1861. It became the official Maryland State Song in 1939. And as Michael's saying here, what do you do? Do you take the lyrics away and the music? Do you leave the music? There are so many different ways to go about this. And then who decides or who writes the new Maryland State Song? So while this bill seems really uh, mundane and really benign – Once it gets to the floor and people are looking around and saying, wait a minute, the state song and well, we should do it this way or that way. And because of the, you know, this this the politically charged nature of what we're talking about here, we just think that it, it could be a really interesting show on the floor when this bill hits next week.
1: Right. So, and then, and of course, this is going to be happening at the same week when they're trying to pass a budget and you know, the, the committees are starting to get, you know, get, a, get some pressure to get things moving and that sort of thing. So I, I just, I think it's an interesting, you know, put a pin in this one. Yeah. Cause uh, when, when this bill gets, gets conversation on the floor of the Senate, it could be one, it'll be worth listening to the, the, the public hearing in the Senate committee on these different bills uh, was a hearing that I will not soon forget.
0: Yeah. The Senate- <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Again, um, Senate Bill 790, it was a a really interesting hearing. Um, I will not soon forget it either, but uh, go ahead and look that up if you're so inclined and um, pay attention to what's going on on the floor with Senate Bill 790. We try to give you some insight on stuff that we think is really interesting here and – we both think that this should be really interesting. So stay tuned.
1: And do you think? Do you think territories have songs too? Yeah, Guam, Guam. Guam. I, I gotta see what's going on. With Guam. Yeah.
0: yeah, I'm sure they do. I'm sure their song is uh, the best. They, they do everything really well in yeah. Guam. All right. So um, let's wrap up here with Michael with just, uh, let's talk about the process ahead for MACO and the General Assembly. So um, our legislative committee has a little bit of time off now. Uh, They met last Wednesday. That was our quote unquote last meeting, but just for a few weeks. Uh, Now, you know, we're still running around. There's a lot of bills that we're testifying on, a lot of loose ends to tie up. MACO has been asked to come in and, and sit on work groups and offer amendments and work some issues out with legislation. But um, you know, the legislative committee does have some time off, but we're still in touch with them. They're still calling on us and, and, and making us aware of issues that they have in various counties with bills. Yeah. So talk about now what happens, uh, you know, crossovers coming up. So let's just talk about our, the MAKO yeah. process ahead now.
1: So, so MAKO is an organization. I mean, we, you know, we've talked about this and bragged a little bit about how we have this legislative committee that guides our positions, that sort of thing. And that's, that's sort of the backbone of our process is it's elected officials who sit and and make decisions about what we should do. And you know we as a staff carry that out. They're involved where, where that makes sense. But what we do the day-to-day, bill introductions are are you know we're past the, the deadlines for bills to be introduced. Now you have to stand up and and sort of you know make this whole humble apology to this to the body for them to even introduce your bill yes. and then it has to go through a whole extra process. So there there aren't that many bills being introduced now. Now it's about all these bills have had their hearings. Uh, a lot of them are being sent to work groups and that sort of thing and groups like makeup i mean this isn 't unique to us but stakeholders around town, whether you 're the hospitals or the farmers or the bankers or the teachers or you know all the different interest groups and 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 individual stakeholders who are who are in town. You're, you're rolling up your sleeves, you're trying to work stuff out uh, the the number of bills that actually need to be changed they need to be amended in one form or another to be ready for prime time that's the majority of bills right so so there's a lot of work going on right now in the ninety day session like these next two or three weeks are really the the high point for the workload and the intensity for the legislature and it's it's a challenge for us, Mako representing counties. We have our fingers in so many things. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was, was it was part of my testimony talking about highway user revenue is yeah. I mean, road funding is really our number one issue. I know we're here talking about environmental policy and then down the road, it's the thing about police and they're over there about school funding and House then something. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so there's like long, long list of things we get involved in. We really care about roads too. Um, anyway, <laughs> like we're, we're, we're invested in so many things. I mean, every afternoon it turns into, OK, we're testifying on the tax sale legislation in one committee and they're voting things in another committee. And then right down the hall there, you know, we get a sense that the small cell bill, you know, suddenly there's a new thing circulating about that. Um, it's like almost every committee is considering things that are meaningful to county governments. And like this stuff all comes together in the next couple weeks.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's really the perfect storm. I mean, I know last night um, I was in the House and the Senate with other MAKO staff the committees were voting. Voting, you're trying to keep track of what's going on, talking to different legislators. And, and at the same time, we are still looking at bills. We are still testifying on bills. Um, so we're certainly spread thin. We even drag Michael out to testify. Uh, we, we, you know, we drag him <laughs> to different tough, committees. Man, uh-huh. And um, people like seeing him in there. Uh, so, so yeah, it, it's a really interesting time. And actually, I love this time because this is when everything comes together. This is when all the legislators are calling on you to come in and explain a certain thing or work something out. Um, this is when the stuff really gets done and finished. No. Um, and, and this is all happening, of course, you know, at the same time the budget is happening. So right. that's also going on. But long days for legislators, long days for Mako and all of the stakeholders here in Annapolis. Well,
1: the thing that's funny is if you do policy work twelve months in in the state of Maryland, the legislature is a ninety day session, and we're and we're just about to reach the apex of it, mm-hmm. but. You know, if we if we were sitting down with people who are involved in tax sales, I mean I I sat at the table and talked about some tax sale legislation yesterday. I will not torture our podcast listeners and start uh, talking pretty, about the details of tax sales. But, but yeah. anyway, but this is the sort of thing where you sit down and meet with tax sale people in September and you exchange some pieces of paper and some business cards. You're like right. maybe we could sit down and talk again, like in October. Right. That'd be good. Like, we'll see you in a month. Right. Right. That same conversation (laughs) on, on a Tuesday at this point in session, it's like, we're meeting on Tuesday. How about tomorrow morning? We follow up and then everybody says, sure. Cause I'm, I'm I'm here or maybe like, maybe can we, can we do that at six? Because I have, I have a window between six and seven. But that, I mean, that's just, it's like a built in explanation. Uh, You know, that's, 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 that's where everybody is. Oh, well, everybody's in high gear. So get it done.
0: Yeah, things are really starting to come together. Everything's moving very quickly. Um, so I think that's our, our uh, invitation here to get off and go check on some bills that uh, <laughs> right. may be vo- being voted on right now. So we'll leave it there for this week's episode of the Conduit Street Podcast. Uh, please give us a like if you have not already or subscribe. It helps our message get out there, tell your friends. Um, until next week, this is Michael and Kevin signing off. We will talk to you soon.